Michelle W uh, speaking for us today. Lovely member and just one of them people just, you know, oozes goodness. So looking forward to hearing what she has to say. Take it away, Michelle. Hi, thank you. Um, I was going to say if anyone has any problems with my video doing anything strange to let me know, but Bingo Jane has helped me. So thank you again. And marvelous view. Buddhism is where I'm at right now, but it's not addressed as much as it's practice in my everyday living. My idea may not be the same as someone else's. My recovery involves living with the alleviation of suffering. My breathing is where I find three breaths can help most anything I'm going through. I heard that from a very wise friend. Breathing in, I know that I'm breathing in. Breathing out, I know that I'm breathing out. And I started with a lot of different recovery programs, maybe a couple, and I evolved into Recovery Dharma, which I learned the Eightfold Path and the Four Noble Truths, in which that found a really close spot to my heart, as in I learned about Buddhism and Zen practice before. And it's kind of led me to five hindrances. So these are like a list of numbers that are in an inexhaustible way of organizing Buddhist traditions. So the five hindrances that I'm working with today are negative mental states that impede our practice and lead us towards unwholesome action. That's the definition pretty much. All of us have no doubt experienced how sensual desire, anger, sloth, recklessness, and doubt can overturn our minds, not to mention our meditation practice. So I look at this as in good horse, bad horse. And with Buddhism, good horses and bad horses are the same. And everyone has a personal different experiences with the recovery. But with meditation, some, I, I like and I enjoy silences, but I'm open to anything that meetings bring, recovery brings, meditation brings, people bring. So noting that on my mental health, in my childhood, I had a bad accident that occurred at 16. And this is something that I like to move from since I was so young and I was moving into this. This was a near-death experience at the age of 16. Oh, I said that. <laughs> and it, I made it through and I, I stayed in a coma for a couple of days and I severely, or I suffered a traumatic brain injury. And it was diagnosed as a moderate to severe TBI with mild right side effects. And I, I went through a coping skills like class um, about last year. <laughs> so I feel like that was in turn something that always gives me a reminder of what started my recovery for the most part. I have, um, let's see, so the result was frequent 
result of traumatic acceleration, deceleration, or rotational injuries that, that could be a cause of a persistent vegetative state in some patients. In fact, a DAI represents approximately one half of all interactional traumatic lesions. So at the age of this event happening, I had re really recollection of the past, but somewhere in my brain, these unconscious and conscious memories were self-harming and they were made there. This is where I started life again. Breathing, I had to relearn to walk, relearn to recover from a femur break, brushing teeth, writing, reading, processing facts, moving my arm above my head, and just looking for longer treatment. Traumatic setbacks can alter a longing for engaging in behaviors again and again. As Cindy Lopper would say, time after time. So, okay, um, for me being the speaker, it kind of gets a chance to recollect my memories and letting everyone know about struggles that I still do to this day take, and as not just to relate it to others, but starting to try and unroute my situations from happening, like the basic drawing board, or now we can call it whiteboard. And I have a feeling that nothing would be in the right. When, this, when I did start recovery from alcohol, I felt I had this feeling that nothing would be able to be in my nightlife. No night scene, no day scene any with filling up a cup or a glass of wine. And um, that was like my everyday routine. Like I couldn't find a routine that per se would be the same. So not being able to see the daily living of where my life was going, I started getting ideas of what I enjoyed, and I still do it. If I find myself bored, I'll still try to find like a new hobby. I enjoy socializing still. I still enjoy being myself. Um, I follow my heart. I, I love going to the gym. I did start running marathons. However, in the past month, I, uh, well, yeah. About the past couple of months, I sprained my ankle. So that was kind of like a really big chance to begin again, again, because I couldn't go to the gym. And that was my number one tool for success, for feeling motivated, for getting up, for, you know. So that was something that I always had to find other things to fall back on. I, well, I started going back to school and looking at ways so that I could build my career in health. And the support from others is the best thing that kept me encouraged to stay with it. And online meetings for me was more stable to work with how I could be getting stronger. Um,
Tasnua, which also means new beginnings. And I don't know if I'm saying that the same. Um, it, it's an adult, um, new beginnings all the time. Oh, the quote. Yeah, I do have this quote thing that I saw too. I do have a beginner's meeting on Wednesdays, and that is kind of cool for me in the aspect that I did want to come back to beginner's mind again and again, just so that I know where I'm really, really at. I guess I don't have that. Um, oh, here it is. Feeling the need to be busy all the time is a trauma response and a fear-based distraction from what you'd be forced to acknowledge and feel if you slowed down. It's kind of long, but I thought staying busy, busy, busy was the best thing for me. Of course it was, but however, it gave me this fear-based distraction and that when I did slow down, when I did twist my ankle a couple months ago um, in February, it's only one month. I was forced to acknowledge that I had to slow down, that I couldn't go to the gym. And um, I feel like that's a new, this is a new beginning. The first time I got to stand again on my foot, I it was like the first time I was walking. It was really cool. It, it was like, how is this possible? How is this so cool? And I am a little over four years sober from alcohol, and I do appreciate that. I do have some, you know, process addictions, things that many people struggle with as well. I just um, feel like it's easier being sober to look at, to step back, to look at what I'm working with. Um, this, actually, I want to take the time and thank everyone for being here today. It's a meaningful project for me, the time and space for my recovery of any kind and how it's to be processed. So it's helped me and, and it's always been allowed and welcomed in this group. And I just, I really appreciate and love that and can't wait to see new things with this um may you live your life with ease i did i do have an acronym that i'm currently working with it's a, a support group that, that local friends and it's ease e-a-s-e -E, emerge adapt seek and involve to me those are what I'm looking at. I'm emerging, I'm adapting, I'm seeking and evolving into helping other recovery people or myself. So the importance of kindness and compassion is to have a meaningful day. How to have a meaningful day of kindness and compassion is important. If possible, to serve and help others, including self-help. If possible, not to harm others. And I just love that people everywhere. And 
the explosion of people everywhere have just been such a beautiful um, time spent in recovery. So I'm going to take a breath in. I'm slowly taking a breath out. I haven't been timing myself, but I do once again and would like to. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And with that, that's all I have.